Golden West Radio Network presents Crisis. My name is Robert Yarrow. As you can see, I'm in hospital. Have been for, oh, perhaps ten weeks now. Coming along quite well, actually. Be released one of these days. I met some awfully nice chaps here. Some a lot worse off than I am. And they always ask how I got here. How I managed to get in the shape I'm in. But I've never told them. I've never told anyone. Do you blame me? After all, they'll let me go home one of these days. If I just don't ever tell them the truth. But I'll tell you. Because one has to, you know, sooner or later, or go mad. And you may think me mad anyway, once I've told you. What? Told you what? About the beasts. The beasts. Our story tonight is a gothic tale of terror, adapted from an original short story by John Klein. In it, you'll find, I think, a new dimension of horror, a more macabre approach to the notion that spirits survive beyond the grave. Stay with us for Act One of tonight's play, The Beasts. And now, Crisis brings you Act One of The Beasts. For centuries, the South Downs of Sussex have produced meat, milk, and wool for the rest of England. It's a green and pleasant land, the Downs, dotted with neat, well-kept farms. And that's why I came there, you see, to get away from London, to buy a farm, get someone to manage it for me, and then when I'd learned what it was all about, perhaps I'd take over and run it myself. Or that was my plan until I found what inflation had done to my savings account. The land agent was very nice about it. I'm very sorry, Mr. Yarrow. Prices on any property you'd be at all interested in have doubled in the last two or three years. Still, I'd advise you to buy now if you possibly can. They'll never be cheaper. No, barring a total economic collapse in which case nobody's money would buy anything. <laughs> Quite. Well, look here. Perhaps I'm being too fussy. You've shown me nothing but first-class farms with sleek dairy herds, modern methods and all... Would you have anything a little more primitive? Primitive? Yes, perhaps. Well, then... But I'm not quite sure you'd be interested. Well, at these prices, perhaps it's all I can afford. What do you have in mind? That's quite run down, actually. You see, there hasn't been anyone on the property for years, and it, it would take a terrific job of work to clean it up. I mean, fences are down and windows are out. But it's a bargain price, though, right? To the person who would want it, yes. Well, then, let's go see this tumble-down wreck. All right, Mr. Yarrow. I'll show it to you. The agent drove me to a place outside the village of Tasket, down an unpaved road to a dense clump of trees in an overgrown yard. Everywhere, grass and weeds grew waist-high. Over the waving tassels, I saw the upper story of an old farmhouse, and behind it, the sad ruin of a barn and a milk house. We pushed open the sagging gate and made our way through the underbrush to the farmhouse door. As I said, sir, it's in disgraceful condition. I should say, how many acres? Forty. 
Why in heaven's name hasn't someone snapped it up and made something of it? Several parties tried to, Mr. Yarrow. And? They... they became discouraged. I shouldn't wonder. Still, with time... Mr. Yarrow, I think it's only right to tell you... Yes, tell me what? The... Well, the villagers hereabouts believe... They believe the place is cursed. Cursed? Yes, sir. Are you serious? Well, that's what they say. Oh, come now. The 20th century, man... It's only what they say in the village. It may be just nonsense. At any rate, I'm quite sure you could have it for 25,000 pounds. Possibly even less. You don't say. Who owns it? The trustee is the Midlands Bank. Mm Mm-hmm. Can we go in the house? Yes. And we'd best hurry. It's getting dark and... Well, the place never has had electricity. We got inside and threw open a few shutters, and I prowled all over the old house. It was filthy dirty, stank like a pig pen, and damp rot was peeling from everything. Still, I'm not a complete fool about construction, and I could tell the basic frame of the place was still sound. Oh, it would take months of work and piles of money to put it back in condition. But if I could buy it cheaply enough, the work would be just the therapy I needed. I made a laughably low offer for the farm, and the agent said he'd contact me. And two days later, he did. The farm was mine. Well, the following week, I had a pair of local carpenters busily at work making the most urgent repairs to the house. In three days, one room was livable to sleep and eat in, and the kitchen was renovated enough to cook in. When the older of the two carpenters came to see me for his pay, he took off his cap, wiped his bald red forehead, and then spoke to me in the most fatherly fashion. I know it's none of me business, Mr. Yarrow, but you being from up London and all, and me knowing the past history of this place as I do, well, I... Yes, 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 you feel it's your duty to warn me. Yes, sir, I do, yes, I do. About the curse. Aye, the curse and how it come to be. Very well. I'm all ears. Well, you see, sir, the original folks who built this farm were named Potter. Hello, Mike. Let's not be here when the sun goes down. And I... Uh, it's, uh, it's late now, Mr. Yarrow. I'll, I'll be saying good night to you. But about the curse. Much luck to you, sir. Much luck to you. I admit it made me uneasy especially since I planned to spend the night for the first time in my new abode. But I busied myself clearing a space for a cot. And after I'd eaten the small supper I prepared, I took a final turn about the old house with my torch and then went to bed. It was much later, somewhere near midnight. I woke up cold and frightened. A wind had come up, a cold wind blowing in from the sea, and a loose shutter was banging against the house somewhere upstairs. But that wasn't all I heard. For there was another sound. Unmistakable. The sound of cattle. Cattle. It seemed to me there was no livestock range near enough to be heard. I stumbled through the room to the door and I opened it. A chill wind blew in. The cattle sounded nearer. They must have broken through a neighbor's fence. Yes, yes, that was it. I fought my way through the brush, 
weeds in the direction of the cattle. The animals had obviously collected in the old barn on my property. Well, I'd soon turn them out of there. I got to the broken, gaping door to the barn, and I stopped short. And suddenly they... they were gone. I forced my way through the fallen wood and the piles of debris into the barn. But the huge old barn was... was empty. Perfectly empty. And there wasn't a sound to be heard. But it couldn't be. I couldn't have imagined those animals. There must have been 20, 30 of them. But now, now they simply vanished. I got precious little sleep the rest of that night. And the next morning when the carpenters came, I drew the older one away. Hey, hey, good morning to you, sir. Did you pass a pleasant night? No, I passed a very unpleasant night. Oh? Look here, I, I'm sorry, I, I've forgotten your name. Tompkins. Yes, yes, Tompkins. Look here, Tompkins. What can you tell me about this old place? About, about the curse, as you call it. Ah, then they came last night, eh? What? Who? Who came? Why, the beasts. Well, yes, uh, there was something outside... Sounded like a neighbor's cattle had gotten away. But you know for yourself, sir, there's not a farm animal in five or six miles. Not anymore. Well, then the wind must have just been right to hear them. Uh... Wind? There weren't no wind last night. Not in the village. Well, there was out here. Knocked a shutter loose upstairs, and that's what woke me. The banging shutter. And then I heard the animals. Cattle bawling and crying. I... But I went out to look for them. And, and... you found nothing. Yes, how did you know? Mr. Yarrow, there's been a curse on these farms since 40 years ago. That's why you see it the way it is now. Run down, dilapidated. I'll tell you the way it started. The family that built this farm was named Potter. The old man told me the Potters worked like slaves to turn the land into rich pasturage for their dairy herd. Worked so hard, the couple grew old before their time. They were especially noted for their treatment of their animals. They seemed personally attached to them, tending them with loving care. And the animals seemed to respond by giving the richest milk and more of it than any other farm in the South Downs. This, he said, was what brought a character named Pearson into the potter's lives. Pearson wanted to buy the farm to add to his combine of other herds, but the potters wouldn't sell. For one reason, Pearson was known for permitting his men to mistreat the animals. And when a milk cow's production slowed, he would order the animal to be slaughtered and sold to a butcher. One night, after making a final offer to the potters and again being turned down, something monstrous was done. While a masked gunman held the potters in their beds, a gang of ruffians entered the barn and the milk house. They smashed every milk pail, every stool and milk can. And they took knives and clubs and slaughtered and slashed at the dairy herd until the proud, gentle animals, who had learned to trust and depend upon their masters, lay dead on the floor of the barn. Of course, nobody could ever prove just who it was who'd done it. But the villagers knew right enough. Pearson and his men. Aye. What a sickening crime. Aye, but there was worse to come. As the constable couldn't lay blame on who it was who done it, 
There was no way anyone could be brought to justice, and no one to pay back the potters for all the damage done. But it wouldn't have done any good anyway. What do you mean? The potters didn't have the strength to start again. They lived on at the farm, just the two of them. All the villagers tried to be of help, but it didn't do any good. Well, so what happened to them? Well, some say they starved to death, and that might be. Good Lord. But others say they died of broken hearts, that anyone would destroy the animals they'd been so kind to. What an incredible story. But what about the... The curse? Yes. As soon as the first person took possession of the potter's farm after they died, it began. What began? The cattle. The cattle began to come back again. Or I should say, the spirits of the cattle. Only they weren't gentle like they were when the potters cared for them. This time they was like, like beasts. Madden beasts. And that's what you heard last night, Mr. Yarrow. Oh, boy, that's utter nonsense. Surely you don't believe that. Well, it wasn't me what heard the beast last night, was it, sir? It was you. Yes, but it can't be. I mean, really... If you'll forgive me for mentioning it, Mr. Yarrow, the spirits of the dead herd won't like you living here. They'll drive you off, just as they've done for 40 years. Drive me off? Frighten me away? Hardly. Besides, if I believed that, I'd have you and your men stop work on this old farmhouse right this minute, and you'd be out of a job. Aye. Well, Mr. Tompkins, is it? I thank you very much for your interesting story. But I have bought and paid for this farm, and I'm going to live here and bring it round to a decent condition, with or without your ghostly cattle. Those were brave words I uttered that morning, with the bright Sussex sunlight coming in the window. They sounded considerably braver than I felt that evening. After the workmen had gone home and I was left again with the shadows and the gloom of the old farmhouse, I made a note to call in the electricians first thing the next day so I'd uh, at least have a little decent light. But for one more night, I was going to have to depend on an old oil lamp and my torch. And the batteries were getting weak. I cooked my little supper, and as there was yet a bit of twilight remaining, I suddenly decided to go out to the barn and do what I could to uh, nail up the barn door. I gathered some old boards and with nails from the remodeling job at the farmhouse, I got the job done just as darkness fully enveloped the farmyard. I stood there transfixed by the beauty of the countryside. Round my feet, the coarse grasses blew in a gentle wind. Clouds passed across the darkening sky, revealing a few stars. Sweet and the rancid smells of the old farm blended in my nostrils into a primitive kind of perfume. I was more determined than ever to see the project through, to fix up the farm and perhaps to even rival the way the potters had made it 40 years before. I started back in the direction of the farmhouse, guided by the tiny light from the oil lamp in the kitchen window, when suddenly I stopped walking. I could, I could swear I heard the ground tremble. Trembles as if it were being trampled by a hundred hooves. And then I heard it. The same sound as last night. The distant bawling of cattle. Yes, yes, it, it was more distinct now and growing closer. 
I strained to see if I could make out their direction. But I, I saw nothing. Just the waving tassels, the grasses, the weeds, and the wind. But there was no denying the sound. It was coming closer, and it wasn't the tranquil sound of lowing cattle. These animals were maddened. Crazy. What was it Tompkins called them? Beasts. I began to run toward the farmhouse. The ground beneath me was shaking now, dancing in a crazy rhythm to the pawing of the raging hoofs. It was like a nightmare. The long weeds and the grasses wrapped around my legs and tried to hold me back. My ankles were bleeding from the sawgrass and my calves were burning from the slapping of nettles. It was as if the farm was trying to hold me, take me prisoner and keep me from escaping the invisible terror that was just just behind me now and I was only ten yards from the farmhouse door. Then only five. Three. Oh. And at last, I was in the door. But before I could slam it behind me, the beasts were upon me, crashing through the door frame, plunging through the windows. Their sweating, heaving bodies and their granite hooves lunged and tore through my flesh. And I was carried along with them, under them, before them, dashed through the falling farmhouse walls until I lost all consciousness. As I said, I'm extremely fortunate just to be alive. After all, broken bones do knit. Wounds eventually heal. And one day they, they say, I'll walk again. And when I do, I want to go back down to Sussex again. To the South Downs. To the little village of Tasket. And down that dirt road to my farm. Oh, I'm not going to try to live there. No, no. But I want once more to walk through those weed-grown fields and to see with my own eyes the ruined farmhouse where they say they found me broken and bleeding that night. And then I'll sell it. Or try to. But nobody will buy it. For it's obviously still occupied by its permanent caretakers, the beasts. Revenge on all trespassers by the spirits of slain animals. If that could be true, but we'd better not dwell too long on the possibilities, unless, of course... You're already a strict vegetarian. In a few moments, we'll give you the names of tonight's players and a preview of next week's Crisis Program. The Beasts featured Steve Hilliard as Yarrow, Michael Morgan Dunn as the real estate agent, Douglas Young as the carpenter, Mr. Tompkins. Script adapted for Crisis and directed by yours truly, Jim French, from an original short story, The Old Abandoned Farmhouse, written by John Klein. We hope you enjoyed it, that you'll join us here next week at this same time when next we bring you Crisis. Crisis.